Hello, and welcome to the Black Door Music Argument. I'm Karsten. And I'm Joshua. Sorry. <laughs> and today we're really excited to have Teo from Five Alarm Funk with us. What's up, y'all? <laughs> so uh, we talked about Five Alarm Funk a couple times on the episode, and I think the way that I want to start is just by talking about how Josh and I were introduced to Five Alarm Funk. So um, Josh and I and a couple of our friends had been doing this whole thing of going to like every venue we could and just checking out musical acts and really like taking in the venues and what things we loved about venues. And there's this group that I had wanted to see again um, that Five Alarm Funk was opening for. And off the top of my head, I can't tell you the name of that group. And we went there and we'd even talked about going late. We had not done our homework, which is one of the number one things we talk about on, <laughs> on our thing is do your homework. You know, if you're gonna see an opening band, like check them out, like know what they are ahead of time because you could be missing something. And sometimes yeah. our favorite parts of shows are the people that open. So we go and we, we'd even talk like, ah, you know, we could go get a meal beforehand. We drove an hour to the venue and we went to 7th Street Entry up in Minneapolis. Hell and, yeah. Um, who, do you remember who they were opening for? Um, Dude, McNasty. it was McNasty, yeah. McNasty Brass yeah. Band, yes. Okay, so I had seen McNasty before, and I'd been telling the, this whole group I was going with, like, oh, man, McNasty Brass Band, they're insane. They're so good. Like, I love it. They have such high energy. So we get in, and we start watching you guys set up. And having no context, we were like, what is going on with this lineup? <laughs> like, you were right down in front on the front of the stage, on the front of the stage. So I don't know if I have your quite title correct, but it's like lead drum front man. How, how would you describe yourself? Sure. That's what I'd say. I, yeah. I'm the, the kit drum, kit drummer, vocalist front. Yeah. Man. And so Josh and I were standing next to each other for the show. And as you're coming out, I don't know if it was quite the right description, but it was like golden spanks almost is what you're wearing <laughs> was... at, at the time. And we were like, what is going on? And I don't know everyone's <laughs> name. I believe it was Thomas was on the left. And then yep. at the time, I think it was Ricky Valentine. Ricky Valentine was, yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was on the right. Yeah. Yeah. And so we we're like, there is so much percussion on here. And I'm pretty sure I, I talked to him like, well, you know, is this like a funk version of Slipknot? Like, I, there's so much going on here. <laughs> and then you guys, and we saw like props rolling out and stuff. And we were like, oh man, this, I, I don't know. Should we have come early, you know, et cetera. And then you guys started playing and all of a sudden, like both Josh and I were like, oh my God, this is incredible. I, I don't even know. And so like, Converging. we were, oh man, like we <laughs> yeah, got right was... into it. We were moving, we were fully engaged and with no disrespect to McNasty, when you guys were done, I think Josh, we were standing next to them. I go, I don't think anybody can top that. Like that, yeah, like, that was, that was incredible. Go. Like you go to a show and you, you know, you, you go prepared, like, you never know if they're going to do cash or card or whatever. So I brought cash for some merch from McNasty. McNasty got none of my money. You got all of my money I took with me. I have, I have your vinyl. I have so, like blew my mind. And ever since then, you guys have been back one time that I knew of. And I was out of town during that. So before COVID happened, Josh and I were talking about, we need to make a road trip out to Vancouver to try to catch a show yeah. because I, I, and this is not me just because you're here. We've talked about that is one of the best yeah. shows we think we've ever been to because the energy was just so high and it was just so, it brought the whole crowd in. You guys were just great about that. Not just trying to suck up to you because you're here again. <laughs> but no, no, it's all good, like, man. That's kind of our purpose in life. Right. You know what I mean? So I, I think I was reading like your goal is just to get people to sweat and oh my gosh, yeah. that's exactly what happened. And 
again, like I'm just going to, as I said, I was going to just describe what happened. I think Josh and I were both at the end of the night, we were like, we'd been moving, we've been into it. And then afterwards, like when McNasty was playing, it's not that they were bad, but you guys are just, your energy level was all in. And it was like, ah, oh, my feet kind of hurt. You know, I just want them to come back on, you know, I'm ever ready to go. I don't know. I remember that night too. That was a, a fantastic show. And like, that was our first time playing in Minneapolis, right? Yeah, I think uh, so. so. So we were like so excited to be there. We were flying pretty high on like, you know, you know, you can get really tired on tour. There's kind of like ebbs and flows of touring. Yeah. But that night I remember, you know, it's like everything was right, you know, and sometimes those like really tight, like venues when they're slammed are mm -hmm. just like it's palpable. You know what I mean? Oh, hell yeah. yeah it was awesome. So in, in before the show, um, Ricky's going around and he's handing out cards like and so like there's also this other moment I get this card and I'm like Ricky Valentine lead cowbell what what is going on yeah <laughs> then I just I yeah, yeah. and so like you and then still, after you guys still... started playing I'm like I'm not I'm not getting rid of this card <laughs> do you still have it I still have it somewhere I recently moved and so like I'm in the process of getting my office set back up so Dude, I'm not gonna lie yeah, I keep yeah. mine in my wallet just because I thought like it had the um just the logo and everything on it, just like the whole atmosphere, everything about it was just so cool. I've shown it off and people are like, oh, oh, do you know the person? I'm like, no, 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 this is just the band. This is just like, to me, this business card <laughs> is a representation of the band. And they go, this looks like so much fun. And I go, exactly, exactly. It is. That, that's the point. That's something we always like drove for. And that's what's, uh, you know, it was hard to break kind of the critics. It was hard to mm -hmm. break into like the more like, you know, getting notoriety and stuff like that. Cause it's like, oh, these guys are just a bunch of jokers, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it took us quite a long time to, you know, get a little bit of nods from the Junos here in Canada, you know, work our way up to the festival scene because we just look like a bunch of wild maniacs. But I think once people see it, uh, they get it and it's not a joke, it's just fun. You and know that's what I mean? Thing, it's like, it's a bunch of wild maniacs. Exactly. That's what it is. <laughs> like, I mean, uh just i still remember so every time i listen um to to wash your hands or dance dance party party like it takes me right back to that concert and mm -hmm. i'm there I'm, I'm watching like i can see the sharks dancing and yeah. <laughs> like and uh oh my god the the costume changes like you guys had like a ridiculous amount of like just set changes and costume changes you were moving around so much and just yeah the energy i don't know i'm lucky i'm lucky enough to sit behind the drum kit so i have a reason <laughs> that i can't get up and leave the stage <laughs> I mean, I, I will say if anybody hasn't seen, first off, the albums are great. The albums are fun. Seeing you live, though, is like a whole other level. And it, it's just, again, bring it to anybody who has a chance, definitely check them out. But I think that I remember, so we had an hour drive back, and I remember the four of us are sitting in the car, and as someone's driving back, someone would go, oh, is it, is it freight train? Chugga, chugga. And that's just what yeah, would yeah. happen. Or someone would do like the train whistle just from that, where it was just the things that just kind of take us right back to that. And yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. you finish seeing like a movie or a song or something, and that's the part that just stays out with you. And I just remember the chugga, chugga. Like, chugga. yeah. God, what are my favorite fun. tunes to play live? Like oh, that yeah. song, like it just, it, it's just a constant, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's like, you know how, you know, you got your, your your kind of roller coaster of songs but that one just kind of starts and it just kind of cruises up right and it's like a roller coaster where the whole thing is just getting more and more exciting because you're expecting the giant drop at the end and it finally right. happens six minutes in uh-huh yeah. <laughs> oh god yeah and uh i will just state though that mcnasty is so sick and i love those guys we're oh. actually like 
because we brought them we brought them up to Canada as well. They popped up to Thunder Bay and played some shows with us. Uh, and now they got a good following in Thunder Bay. So yeah, we actually have like quite an awesome relationship with those guys. We played with them like probably five times or six times or something like that. Like it's really cool. And that's kind of like, that's what helped us, you know, get a crowd in Minneapolis because we would have been down there playing for nobody. Right. But being able to come down, open up for McNasty, they come up to Canada, open up for us is an awesome trade. Oh, absolutely. And again, no disrespect to McNasty. I think they are phenomenal again. It was really just there's a big energy difference between the two of you when it's especially at that show. Again, everything kind of ebbs and flows, but um, but yeah. So two I have different to, beats. Oh, two different. <laughs> oh yeah. So I have to ask, how did the connection with Bootsy Collins happen? Um, I mean, it was a lot more simple than you would think it would happen. Like, um, so we were kind of you know five or six studio albums deep, and we're mm-hmm. like, okay, like we got to do a collab, right? Mm-hmm. Like we got to collab, but who do we want to collab with? Does it want to be someone new school? Uh, Cause we've kind of got this big list of new school artists that, you know, we might want to reach out to, but nothing ever worked out there. Um, so we were like, no, what about old school? And it's just like, I wonder, and, and it's killer. Cause what's Bootsy doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And literally we were driving in our, in our bus one day. We're like, what's, yeah, what's Bootsy up to? I wonder if Bootsy's doing anything. And he, he was releasing worldwide funk like a little after we ended up getting that collab together. So it's like, oh, this is kind of perfect. You know, maybe it'll work for him. It'll work for us. So we just got our team to uh, to send his management an email. And we mm-hmm. put in like the uh, kind of busted up version of Capital City that mm-hmm. we did uh, for the Bootsy song because it's a remix of Capital City. So we yeah. kind of reorganized that tune into more of a radio friendly structure. Uh, and we sent that and we were like, hey, is this something that you'd like to collab on? And, uh, and we got the email back. He said, yep, let's do it. And like, literally we, at, at, at that point we're like, okay, Bootsy's on board. So we're just waiting now. Right. Cause mm-hmm. we've got our part done. He's got the track. So we're waiting and it's like a month. And I think about a month and a half later, it's like, finally the email comes back with all the stems and he went all out. Like, it's not like he, he like it's, he didn't mail it in man. he got yeah. like backup singers. He did like, five like vocal tracks himself so we were just blown away with the amount of effort uh that bootsy put in to make the song actually pump like it's a bootsy five alarm track and still to this day like one of my favorite songs to listen to because i listen to bootsy like uh you know as i was growing up as a kid so you know such an iconic guy right and it's just an inspiration to work with him it's crazy yeah so an email be never afraid to reach out that's that's the more story all you got to do is try. <laughs> yeah. I think I think the joke that I've always heard is like the worst case scenario is you actually have to do something and like the <laughs> best case scenario they say no it doesn't require any extra effort. The worst case you yeah, have to yeah, figure yeah. out how to make things happen, you know? So Hey, we tried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just looking at the whole band and just the the whole the, there's a lot of pieces to your, to your group. Now what's the do, do you do you fluctuate in sizes based off of touring or by studio or do you guys kind of stick to the same size throughout? No, we've pretty, pretty much, uh, well, and I mean, throughout the years, no, throughout the years we've gotten smaller, yeah. uh, but that's just to be able to manage things and to manage people. Right. Like, like we've been going since 2003 mm-hmm. and, you know, we had original members then that are not with the band anymore. Uh, and then we had more people come in that are not with the band anymore, right? Because not everybody wants to make a lifelong commitment 
to playing in a band. You know, it might work for them for a few years in a certain, uh, you know, time of their life. But then it's just like, oh, okay, I, you know, I'm going to get a job or have a kid or whatever, right? Yeah. Um, so, so the band right now, it's an eight-piece band. And we toured as an eight-piece for the last uh, three or four years. Um, so that show that you saw, I believe we had a two-person horn section, uh, three percussionists, three guitarists, uh, or two guitarists and a bassist. Uh, but now we go, uh, cause Ricky ha had a kid. So he, he, uh, he left the band last year. Uh, well at the like kind of end of 2019, I guess it was. Um, and so, uh, we toured as a seven piece. So me and Tom at the front, uh, two horns, three guitars, but we got everybody wired uh monitor systems so then the horn players could then run around and the guitarists could run around so that kind of filled in the gaps of say less people but you have more movement right mm -hmm. um but now uh we've worked uh, another baritone player in so now we got three piece uh horns three pre three piece strings two percussionists at the front for an eight piece and eight's really nice when you get into traveling because then you got you know, four hotel rooms or three hotel rooms and a couple guys get cots or whatever. Uh, but it rounds everything out nicely. We, our tour bus broke down like a few years back. So we now rent minivans wherever we go. And at eight people, you can fit four in each car and all the gears fits. So it like really works. You know, you got to watch out if you add an extra person uh, that, you know, takes your logistics in a whole different way. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so I, I feel for now, like the biggest we ever were, we played one show as a 13 piece uh, between like 2006 to 2010. We were like a 12 piece 2011 to 2013 or 14. We were a 10 piece. Then the next year's nine piece. Now we're an eight piece. And I think eight's the lucky number. I feel like in like That's 10 years. Ball. In 10 years, you got to do like a reunion show where you invite everyone back for one show where you just have like everyone who's involved just in this huge group, you know? Yeah, dude, that would be so sick. I wonder if people are still playing their instruments, though. You know, life is crazy and people oh, yeah. end up moving all over the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would be so fun. Uh, that would be a blast, man. <laughs> Play the first record. Oh, the yeah. The idea of like all of you guys traveling in minivans together. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that just makes it so much fun. Um, it's hilarious, right? Yeah. Well, we used to have a shuttle bus. We had like a 30 foot air porter that we bought and it ran like amazing. Like we took the, uh, the uh, handicap access and the lift off of the back and kind of put in a wall where we store all our gear. Then we had a, you know, a nice bench seat bed in the back and like all captain's chairs. So it was like really, really amazing. Like any festival we go to, it was like portable green room. Uh, it was comfortable, you know, but it started breaking down like crazy. The last year we had it, we probably spent, I don't know, 80 grand on breakdowns. Like, like this thing would just, we'd get halfway to where we needed to go. It would break down. We'd have to rent vehicles, like scatter, hitchhike to go, go to the next town, find some vehicles, try and get, like, it was crazy. The amount of money that we ended up having to put in. It's like, okay, well, that's what happens when you, buy something and you travel as much as we do right like the 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 investment i think you're just putting your money into a hole because that thing is going to get beaten you know what i mean <laughs> mm -hmm. so I yeah guess so we have about... to dump it and it's actually you know it's nice you know uh, on a hot day you got air conditioning and and nice radio the minivans are actually pretty dope <laughs> and you can go faster yeah so kind of talking about just you guys tour a lot 
I mean, really, you guys are on the road a fair amount for for what I see. How has 2020 been? I mean, you guys released a lot of content, but how has that been for the whole group? Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, we had to, like, we were on the road. We were doing a Vancouver Island run Mm -hmm. uh, when the actual, like, lockdown or when the, like, you know, cease and desist order of gathering came in, right? Um, So we had to cut that little run short. Uh, And it's been crazy, man. Like, we've had a lot to release. Uh, cause we had, we had the record already done. We had, we had to get like the videos and stuff leading up to it. We had the in-studio videos already done, which was amazing. We did those in October of 2019. Um, so it's been crazy, but that was really good to have that material and lead up to an album release. And then we released the album at the start of the summer and we were able to do like a few live stream concerts that mm-hmm. ended up being pretty cool promo pieces and some people tuned in and stuff. Uh, but it's been crazy. Like, like, you know, everybody's just had to reevaluate their whole lives. Like I had to get a job working at, I worked at BC liquor stores. Uh, now I got a few other things going on, but literally it's just like a waiting game, right? It was really tough the first little while. Cause it was like, you know, you were still kicking yourself that what, what you could have been doing at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but by now it's like, okay, like, uh, acceptance, if you don't yeah. accept something, <laughs> You're just gonna keep beating yourself up. So all the stages of acceptance going on there. Yeah, yeah, that that is it's just put on hold for the time being. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, the band doesn't rehearse right now because we can't get together, but we still got like song ideas flying around in emails. We got this new collab going on, so it's really slow and it was really difficult um, to first kind of accept that and deal with it. Mm-hmm. But but now it's like okay, at some point this is gonna uh, stop. And we're going to be able to go again. Right. Oh, and yeah. so kind of everybody in the group is like uh, just doing what they can to get by. And then, and then we'll be able to get out. And I think coming back, like when things ease up, if we come back in full force, like people are going to want to come out and have fun. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again. So I, I, yeah, I, I, I think we're, we're set up quite well in that manner that, that, Hey, maybe it's maybe it's gonna do really well that we've been a fun party band for twenty years. <laughs> exactly. Oh, it's time yeah. to celebrate. <laughs> yeah. I, again, I think that like again, Josh and I have talked about in the past trying to road trip to see it somewhere. Just I I've seen videos of you playing like again like festival kind of shows. Like there's big yeah. ones that just it looks like so much fun. And again, not that I dislike the small venue. I look at the energy at like your small venue and I look at the energy at the big one. I just want to go to a big festival show where you guys are playing at. That just looks like a oh, blast. Yeah, man. Festivals yeah. are like our, our livelihood. That's what we kind of live for, right? They're so mm-hmm. fun. Uh, and we've got a lot of festivals, especially up here in Canada that are repeats uh, like Sunfest in London, Ontario. is so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, even Thunder Bay, which is just right up from you guys. We do their, uh, what is it like rock on the water or something like that? Mm-hmm. Just thousands of people on the water. So much fun, man. That's kind of what we live for. You know, we do love the clubs as well. Like here in Vancouver, we play the Commodore Ballroom. So it's about, uh, you know, a thousand, a thousand capacity room. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's beautiful room, like amazing style. Like it's, it's awesome to be in that venue. Uh, but always outdoors. Like mm-hmm. you can't beat an outdoors uh, music festival. It's just so, it, it, it's the, yeah outrageously inspiring you know what i'm saying oh yeah. yeah that's awesome you had uh you had said like you know you guys are still like collaborating and looking at a few different um like song ideas and everything uh, one of my questions was like how do you guys how do you come up with your your song ideas does it start with like uh 
is it is it a is is it a drum lick? Is is it like a single word? Um, do you well, guys have a riff, um, like, yeah, or is it I like mean, a jam session gone right? Or <laughs> yeah, there, there's no there's no specific formula to it, right? And I think that's the fun thing, and that's what keeps the material sounding different, like all the way from the past up to the future and the stuff we're going to write next is going to sound different is that each song like you know we, we don't stick to any particular format like uh i might get an idea for lyrics and come up with a groove to it and then take it to the like uh kent and gabe or some of our main writers oliver our other guitar players one of our main writers you know take it to them they put it into melody uh or like you know gabe's written a bunch of songs just by himself kent will be come in he's our trumpet player he'll be like hey guys i got like these three like ripping licks on the trumpet like uh let's try and hash this out uh or like like recently like one of the last songs we did it's not going to be called this saturday night court but it's not going to be called that but that's our like working title <laughs> uh that's our working title and it's literally just from having fun in the jam space uh, and we were, we were, we got the sick groove going on and the horn players were like, boom, right away. It's like, they played a horn line and it was like, that's, that's the line, man. That's so good. Right. And then you just kept on jamming. We came up with some breakdowns, a couple ways to get back into the groove from that. And, and it's written, you know what I mean? So there's so many varieties, uh, uh, and ways that we write tunes. Uh, and, and that's, I think what keeps the band like young and vibing, you know, mm -hmm. oh, that's awesome. Wow. So you had the, uh, the five alarm funk beer with uh the the is it london brewing company yeah it was delicious yeah how just was that something you sought out or was it just kind of a collaboration that just kind of happened or 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 what uh, that was kind of like uh yeah that was kind of my like you know grand idea i was like oh i wonder mm -hmm. if we could have a beer right because uh the reason we did that is because we have such a good link with Sunfest, which is an outdoor music festival yeah. in London, Ontario, that happens mm -hmm. in their big park there. Um, and I was talking to the the guy who runs the beer garden the year before, um, and he was like, man, you guys sell so much beer here. He's like, you guys outsell like any other artist, like 10 to one on beers. <laughs> <laughs> so they're like, oh man, like, man, maybe there's something there, like, you know? So, uh, so I have a lot of connections in London and my partner Raven, who I met last year in London. Uh, she's now living with me in Vancouver. Um, and she had tons of connections in London, Ontario. So I was kind of put on to London Brewing Co. Uh, and just through those connections, right? And, I, and we started talking, we were like, hey, what do you think about a five alarm funk beer? Uh, because you know it'll sell in London, Ontario, but we release it and we sell it at the festival in the beer garden. Um, you know, 25 cents off every can would go to the festival uh, mm -hmm. and it'd be good promotion for us and you would sell a ton of beer. Uh, and they were like, okay, let's do it. What do you want on the can? What kind of artwork? And we were like, well, we got the record coming out. Why don't we put the record of the three astronauts having a weenie roast on there? Mm -hmm. and, <laughs> and like, and so it was all nice. So then the only thing that had to be done uh, was, okay, what kind of beer is it? And what are we gonna sell it in? A tall boy, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah, they, uh, you know, we bounced ideas back and forth about the kind of beer and we we're like, it's got to have some punch and some funk and some weirdness to it. So then we got the hibiscus lime goes, they were like, you know what, let's do this. Uh, we've sold it in another capacity, but we could do it again here and it'll be great. Uh, and, and then, yeah, it all came together. Fantastic. I mean, it was too bad that we couldn't play London Sunfest this year because mm -hmm. that was going to be like, oh man, if we were in that crowd, 
crushing five alarm beers with the fans. Like it would have been so amazing. And you know, it would have been good monetarily for the festival and the brewery, but yeah. we still did the online uh, festival for them mm-hmm. uh, and still did the big beer launch and the beer was available at London Brewing Co. Uh, and there was this big kind of marketing plan that they pushed out. Uh, so they actually sold out of the beer within like, I think it was like a two weeks or something like that. And yes. uh, and it was just really good. It was great for us because who doesn't want to see a five alarm beer? It was awesome promo right. uh, for what we were doing in London. And it was, yeah, it worked out for the festival and the brewery as well. Yeah. Just not as crazy as we originally thought. Yeah. And I mean, like, <laughs> I, I watched the, the, um, the, the uh, video from your, your stream for the uh, Sunfest. And, and again, yeah. like there was something about that room that just as I was watching the video, as it was going through the different camera angles and everything, you know, I, I, for me, I always talk about, you know, there are, you're watching a TV show and you're like, man, you know, this had to be a lot of fun behind the scenes. And that yeah, just yeah, looked yeah. like it was one that like, God, I, you just want to be a fly on the wall watching all of this happen. Cause it just, again, it was, it, to me, it just kind of seemed like, you guys did a great job with like, this is just what we're doing. This is who we are. This is how it goes. Yeah. The audience isn't right here, but it's okay. Cause we're going to keep it going. And yeah, yeah. no, you know what? That was in a, that was in my apartment here. <laughs> my really? Suite. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Cause uh, we were going to do it outside. We were going to do it in the yard, but, uh, but it was like spitting rain and we're like, yo, like we can't get all the equipment and gear wet. We got no tents. We got none of that. Mm-hmm. So then we we like we were like okay like pulled all the furniture out of my place and it's just like set everything up there. It's like I hope it sounds good. This is gonna be wild. <laughs> and it did. It came through. We recorded that on one microphone in the middle of the room. Wow. Wow. I didn't know that. That's <laughs> yeah. Awesome. No. It, you we had tell. all the gear. Set, we had all the gear set up to re- like multi-track it, but mm-hmm. um, but something happened. Then like Pro Tools wouldn't accept the file or something. So we're like, whatever. Let's just go. Like we gotta get this recorded. Let's do it. And it, you know, it sounds crunchy, but you get the vibes, right? Yeah. Wow. That's great. I love that. What's the, um, what's your favorite venue that you guys have actually played in? Like, do you have like one specific one that you're like? Yeah, I don't know. That's so hard to say, right? Because there's like, there's so many good venues all over the place. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, Like, uh, like my favorites are the Commodore Ballroom uh the garrick in winnipeg which i hope is still operating i i thought i saw something about how they they weren't going to be operating anymore um what's the one in toronto i mean lee's palace is great in toronto but uh the one on oh it's that big theater style venue the names the names eluding me right now uh but yeah th- th- there's tons of great venues all over the place thunder bay has a great venue called crocs um anything that has a big uh, a nice big room with a slamming sound system is mm. like i'm happy <laughs> <laughs> but also festivals like there's so many good festivals we played shambhala a bunch uh london Sunfest is one of our favorites we played evolve uh in annie ganish nova scotia unfortunately i don't think that's happening they had a bunch of issues out there uh which was unfortunate but yeah, there's amazing festivals. Folly Fest is so much fun. Uh, and there's a bunch down in the States, but it's so weird. You know, it's almost been a year and a half now. I'm trying to think back to these things. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, there's there's so many good places all over the place. It's hard to nail one down because it's really all about just people having a good time. And when you see people having a good time, like really, like, well, you know, that show in Minneapolis, I remember that show and it was so much fun. And I'll remember that venue forever. And it's like, it's not like I 
liked that show any less than other shows just because of the venue size. Like it was so much fun, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, that was great. The uh, so when I first saw you guys setting up there, and you had the the three drum sets uh, out in front, uh, is that intentional to that that you guys uh, uh, put the the drums out in front, or was that? Uh, yeah, I mean, originally um, I was the first drummer to move to the front, but it's it was because we started playing shows like our first shows. I was in the back, but I was still hosting the show, um, so doing all the things with the microphone that I do and talking in between songs and stuff. Um, so we found out very quickly that it was ridiculous that the audience couldn't see who was talking to them because then you totally take away that like bond that you get from talking to somebody face to face. Right. Um, so I was the first one to move up. Um, but then we also had the issue cause we were a larger band back then of basically a wall of people, right. Uh, standing there. Right. So we're like, okay, well, what if we push the other percussionists up front? Cause they duck and they move around. They're not always on stage. You know, they'll be bouncing around and then you have kind of your flanks uh, coming out of kind of the more walls of people like the horn section and your and your guitar section. Right. And then we like basically just found that that setup really worked because the sight lines, you could see every musician's face. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you can't see every musician's face, then you're losing like that point of interaction. You know what I mean? So that was why we decided, OK, let's push push the percussionists up front. Our gear is lower. The guys move more. And then everybody is, is, is everybody can see the crowd and the crowd can see the band, you know? And kind of echoing back to that as an audience member at one of these shows, uh, it's one of those, that I think you could watch five shows back to back. And if they were identical, you were still missing something because there was always stuff going on on stage. And I'm pretty sure that like, it was something along the line of the description that Josh and I had after that show was um, for the two, percussionists alongside you they essentially sprinted for like an hour while you guys were doing a set between like where they were where they were moving grabbing props like that that's like an endurance run for a five alarm funk show and i can only imagine like I, I mean this is just in my i mean like you probably have to like train up to it go on tour and like just the whole group with all the energy it's like you probably lose like 20 pounds on your trip and then come back and then you're like okay all right now we're like key olympic athletes of five alarm funk here you know but, but it is very easy to gain weight on the road oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, no 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 but that's kind of the point you know and every like even if you look at the guitar section they're always moving but they're like they have choreographed moves and i don't know what they do the whole time but they talk amongst each other in rehearsal and stuff they're like oh you know what okay on this track let's go left foot forward and then we're going to kick up over here mm -hmm. boom and then it's just like, okay, you play it enough. And same with the percussion guys. It's like, okay, at this song, I'm going to be wearing this. So I got to leave early at that point and figure it out. So everybody's kind of got their own little routine uh, that they have in their head, right? Like even our horn section, now we have them on wireless. They've got a few points where they kind of like split and come around to the front of the stage and like blast right at the front. And then, it, you know, even just doing that split, kind of thing and coming around or circling about it's like the audience says okay what are they doing they're about to do something so it leads to a little bit of a build-up and then like a tension release kind of thing you know what mm -hmm. i mean so it's like that little like give before it actually happens so it's, it's really fun and and the band has fun with it like like uh i have because my back is to the whole group so when i see videos of us live i'm like that's what you're doing like no wonder people are going crazy like i know i mean you're doing that <laughs> I thought they were cheering for me. 
That's awesome. Uh, so but it, think, yeah, well, this conversation makes me really miss music, man. I can't wait to play it again. Yeah, I I, I was watching one of your videos on your website, and it's kind of like a, an introduction to you um, and uh, and and your drumming. I think you said you you got your first drum set at like six or seven. Uh, yeah. When when was that like mo- like that aha moment that you had that you're like, this is what I'm gonna do. Like this is like my life. Like I'm I'm gonna be a drummer in a band. Well, I mean, that's a, yeah, that's a fun question, right? Because like, I don't think it was when I was young. When I was young, I always like dreamt of being a musician. I don't know if it was particularly a drummer, but that was, that was pre-drum set, right? But then, you know, uh, I think I had a guitar and a bass that were kicking around the house, like before that initial drum kit came around and I'd be tinkering around because I always loved listening to my music. I'd sit in my room and listen to music. Um, but then, you know, my, my dad worked at a fire hall and they had a fire hall band. Like back then, fire halls were pretty fun places to be, I guess. Pretty loose. <laughs> so the fire hall band like broke up or something and he brought the drum kit home from the fire hall. And then, uh, you know, it was kind of one of those things. It's like uh, it felt very comfortable right off the top. So I was like, OK, this is like really comfortable. This is really fun. And I think the first beat that I ever learned um like and i was so happy to play it was uh uh smells like teen spirit it was dave grohl's drum beat from smells like teen spirit that was a boom 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 and that was before i did lessons so i figured that out on my stuff and i was like oh my god like i got it like i finally got that beat like so sick um and then uh yeah and then i kept playing through high school but i also did uh different musical things in high school like i became like really involved in hip-hop and i loved hip-hop so i uh i I was a scratch dj for a while i was never good at mixing or anything like that but i've just cut but it's kind of like drumming because you're right it's like it's just very rhythmic so i I became like obsessed with cutting like scratch djing for like three years um which led me into kind of music producing which led me into getting an electronic drum kit like a little bit after that and which led me back into the drums and getting another live kit um and and yeah that's how like yeah that's how it kind of like the whole story of me growing up and becoming a drummer and that's about like 20 years old i was like okay i gotta get another live kit because i had been playing on electric for about uh five years i guess from like 15 to 20 and i didn't have a drum kit from about 13 to 15 because i'd sold them to buy the turntables um but then so that led me back into getting an acoustic kit and we started five alarm when when i was 20 years old and uh and i always wanted to play in like a big funk and horn band uh so that was kind of the goal ever since i was 20 and now i'm 37 and here we are (laughs) that's awesome so a big funkin' horn band. I love that. Oh, I love it. But it's amazing. You know, you take these little musical journeys, like all that stuff in high school, like, and I got really into hip hop. Uh, we would record like hip hop songs in high school. And we, you know, we'd go to the park and we'd freestyle and stuff like that. And, uh, and uh, you know, I, if I didn't have that, you know, moment, that part in my life, I wouldn't be as comfortable on a microphone. And I wouldn't be writing all the five alarm vocals. And I probably wouldn't be fronting the band. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like having those different avenues of music that kind of all make you who you are. And then, you know, as you get older, they, they all can work together too. It's really cool. So I, yeah, I really appreciate that part of my life. And I even think I'm going to try and get some turntables soon because I want to scratch again. I got an itch in. So looking forward, eventually everything with COVID will hopefully behind us a bit. <laughs> what, what is the, 
what is your kind of dream hope for five alarm that next year? Uh, I think it's going to be really good. I mean, the, the, I think the scariest part is that, um, that a lot of the venues, uh, are struggling. Hopefully there's going to be, you know, a good support system of promoters and venues out there. Um, a lot of festivals, I don't know how the logistics are working for festivals and whether or not they can just shut down for two years and still have, you know, the funding and the staff and, you know, all the coordinators to do everything that they do. Uh, if, you know, I, I do believe that the, the, in some capacity, venues are going to be able to rebound, whether that's new owners coming in or whatever it is. And same with festivals, because there's going to be a giant market for things to happen. Um, so I think Five Alarm is going to be really busy. Mm -hmm. I don't ever, I don't though foresee that happening till kind of spring of 2022. Like even if things ease up, and it's like, okay, you know, you can gather again in fall of 2021, like in fall of 2021, there's still going to be a lot of hesitancies. Also, the weather is changing, uh, which isn't as good for touring and driving around yeah. and stuff like that. Uh, so I don't foresee any giant tours in the fall of 2021, but, uh, you know, probably sporadic shows here and there. And then spring of 2022, it's like, okay, let's, let's run the country. Let's go. It's time. <laughs> The snow's melting. <laughs> Just out of curiosity, so with with the way that everything's kind of on hiatus, how does that work with like your your management and everything? Are they keeping in pretty close contact, looking for things, or is it really kind of mostly similar to like a, a another business? Are you guys really just kind of shut down on hold, pending for um, things? Yeah, I mean, our team is awesome. Like mm -hmm. we're with a. a uh, rope dope, uh, but the Mexican affiliate of rope dope, uh, and our management team, uh, Wiener management is so dope. Like he's a great friend of ours. Now we've been working together for so long and we actually mm -hmm. knew each other previously. Uh, our agent just opened up his new agency. So he actually left his, uh, his agency that he worked for and opened up his new one, but he has so many connections. Uh, he's a great, great agent. We love him. Grant Paley is his name. Um, and basically, you know, the, it's the acceptance, right? Hey, there, there's not a lot to go out there and get right now. Right. You know, even if you can get funding or something like that, like it's not money that you can just put it in your pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, if you were to even say get a, you know, $20,000 grant, it's like you better have $20,000 worth of receipts uh, to show that you spent that money. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. Uh, so, so, uh, I mean, we did the record. Uh, we've got everything released. Basically what we're doing right now is just sitting tight. There's not a lot of influx right now because the world's going bananas um, and you just got to chill. So we're just trying to write like a few things here and there. You know, we Zoom meeting every once in a while and we push ideas back and forth through email. But I think we're going to have a lot of uh, time between uh, fall of 2021 and spring of 2022 to get back in a rehearsal room and uh, and play together and get those natural vibes cooking again. You know what I mean? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And. So like you guys, like all of you, when you do get back in that space, like um, I think I read one interview uh, somewhere that you guys said, like, because you play together so often, that's where you get that kind of natural vibe for like, you, you almost like can sense where each musician's going as you're for working sure. things out. Um, yeah, I, I'm not, you know, obviously people are going to be rusty as shit when we get back in the room. You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, uh, you know, like uh, I'm doing my best. I'm actually playing quite a lot of drums right now because uh, I'm doing this this Twitch stream. It's un-five alarm related, but I plan to like 
uh, incorporate five alarm music in the background of it a little bit. But in the in the Twitch stream, I have like my electronic drum kit that I have, uh, and I kind of host this show. And so I've been playing a boatload of drums. You know, everybody plucks away on their own things. Horn players blow in their own house or wherever they are. Uh, but yeah, it'll take a little bit of time where where you know the band is gonna get used to playing together again. Uh, and but but you know it'll be like riding a bike. It might be a little rusty off the top, but you know give it a week or two and you'll be fine. So I'm pretty sure our only <laughs> listener is Josh's mom. But do you want to shout out what your Twitch stream is so we can find it there? Just oh, in case Josh's yeah. mom wants to find it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, it's hilarious. So so I teamed up with this company called Snap Call Media, and it's actually like really really interesting. So the Twitch stream is Funk Taser on Twitch. So F-U-N-K-T-A-Z-E-R. And basically it's a casino slots game where I gamble, I host and I hilariously chat with the chat group, Mm -hmm. but I also like, oh, I call it summoning with the drumming in. So I'll summon good luck with the drums. (laughs) I bring my dog into the feed. He loves coming on it and stuff. But basically like you see this green screen behind me that's right here. Like, so I got the green screen and I got my electronic kit right there and so like uh so i'm drumming and hosting as casino slots are like spinning on the green screen in the back and stuff like that and it's hilarious that it's really quite fun it's awesome <laughs> awesome so check out funk taser on twitch yeah it's, <laughs> i just start i just started about a month ago but it's been like a really good creative project it's so much fun mm-hmm. and uh yeah and snap call i teamed up with these guys they got all like you know, the Twitch experts and, and all the gear that I have in, in my space here. So it's, it's really great. Nice. Uh, w- one question, like, so like as, as a musician, somebody who plays uh, pretty often um, for the, if, if you were to like pass on advice to like a younger, uh, younger player, uh, somebody who's, who's in uh, trying out things, what would be that, what would be that advice that you would would give? Uh, I, th- I think it would be, uh, you know, pretty broad, but it would probably be, you know what, find what you love to do most and do it. Um, because I, I think, you know, that that's what attracts people to five alarm uh, is that we found this weird thing that we love to do. And it makes us really happy, you know, and I think you're if you're happy doing what you're doing on stage, uh, the audience is going to feel that even if it's, you know, more somber, kind of, uh, you know, somber or, you know, uh, down tempo stuff, like you can be happy while you're doing that if that's the thing that you love to create, right? Uh, so I would say, you know, just follow your heart and don't try and do anything that uh, you're you're not vibing with. Uh, do what you love to do and then you'll be able to be the most successful from that. Awesome, thanks. Yeah. It wasn't like, not just, not for me, but you know, just think. Hell yeah. <laughs> it's for him, he's <laughs> lying. <that>. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I just want to say, I just I just pulled up Twitch and I followed you just because I'm really interested in what, just that description, just that's super intriguing, and these pictures just look bonkers. Like oh, dude, the it's screenshots. Crazy. Oh my gosh! Like oh god. I'd be slot slinging, chain jingling, mega champ. <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny, y'all. I actually love slots, and I think that's what makes like what I just said. You gotta love what you do, right? And mm-hmm. I. I always a fan of slots if i go to a casino i play the slots i don't play poker i don't play blackjack i don't play roulette or craps or whatever i'm always on the slots so i was like okay i love this and and i have so much fun you got to check it out man i'm doing i'm getting back online uh tomorrow at 5 p.m i think i'm going to take normally i do five days a week Mm -hmm. um 
but uh, tomorrow I'm going to do 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time as my next stream. Mm-hmm. Um, but then Thursday, Fridays and Saturdays, I start at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, and I go for like seven hours. It's crazy. <laughs> That's so awesome. Yeah. But check it out. It's hilarious, man. You'll love it. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm actually following you right now. On this yeah, yeah. Like, you just have to click in there. And just Did you look at the pictures of the yes. of the <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, big shout out, not just to Five Alarm Funk, but also <laughs> got to check all this out. God, you you just you just seem to be just like a, just incredibly interesting in the things that you're involved in. Just oh, dude, yeah. I mean, you know, this idea, I was uh, I was getting like pretty fidgety at the start of lockdown and stuff like that. I was like, I need like this creative outlet. Like, what is it? What is it? Uh, and it took a little while, but but this one's really fun and it's outrageous, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I have any other questions. Josh, do you have anything else? No, I think I think we've gotten through all of them. So, well, I mean, I really appreciate you coming on and talking with us. This has been a blast. Yeah, this hell is awesome. yeah, thank you so much. Fun, yeah. Thanks for having me on. I yeah. gotta go enjoy some sunshine and walk my dog. Nice. <laughs> yeah. awesome. So, uh, I guess just really quick, just big shout outs. If there's anything else you want to share, everyone really should check out Five Alarm Funk on the recordings. Hit, hit them up on their website, but then also like as soon as they're available to do shows again. You have to go see yep. them. Got to go. You have to go, go see, see the show. Yeah. Hell uh, yeah. <laughs> biggest recommendation right there. So, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on with us. And, uh, yeah. yeah. And and may the funk be with you. And yeah. also with you. It's been my pleasure, yo. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Cheers, guys. Catch Bye. you later. See Talk to you later. later. Bye. Bye. If you like this episode, we are so sorry. But this has been the Black Door Music Argument, where opinions are always welcome. But are probably wrong. Including mine. We provide the best research Wikipedia offers. So tell all of your friends and your mistress. Or your manstress. Or your other token female friends. But not your grandma. Unless your grandma's fucking cool. Make sure to rate and review us on iTunes. Look for us on Instagram. We're not on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter. We don't tweet. Like us on Facebook. Okay, Boomer. Talk about us on MySpace. Or Friendster. Stop trying to out MySpace me. And always remember to clear your browser history. But most of all. Especially important. Super crucial. The ultimate. Baby, Baby, it's cold outside. outside.